This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look back for Arfield, one up early, Scott Arfield, he's been threatening that recently, and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball, it's Rory now, on the outside, he's got it, he's got it, Ashley Barnes with it, what a cross from Rory, and there is Ashley Barnes, and Burnley leading the Derby. Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Browner. Saved by the keeper. That is magnificent. They deserve that. Yes, hello and welcome along to the latest, I'm going to say, I can't be arsed today. It's the first thing I'm going to get out. I'm going to tell everybody I cannot be arsed. But welcome to the latest instalment of the uh, Turfcast podcast full-time show with me, Joe Rebend, after a depressing weekend for the Clarets. It was Halloween weekend and it was a very frightening performance from Vincent Company's men. If you're watching on YouTube, please do give us a like. If you're not subscribed already, please do subscribe. Um, we have weekly Burnley debates, well, bi-weekly, it's pretty much all the time. And hopefully, as the season goes on, it gets better. But if you're watching on YouTube as well, you'll see we have a full house for the first time in a while. I am joined by Neil Layfield. How are you doing, mate? All right, mate. Yeah, I, I can't be asked either, to be fair. But None of us can, mate. Crack None on. Of can. Let's crack on. None of us can. I usually have like an itinerary. It's just a black piece of paper. And I don't even know why it's in front of me. I'm just going to write stuff down. If Sam has a rant, I'm going to write Sam rant. 
clipping up and stick it on. Uh, but as you can see, Sam is joined as well. How are you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Better, Better than Saturday. Better than Saturday, but Saturday's still bringing me down a little bit. And uh, buzzing to announce as well, if you're on the podcast and you can't see Liam in the bottom left-hand corner, we are joined by Liam Waddington, better known as Visa. How you doing, mate? Doing good. Doing good. As good as I can be right now. So I'm looking forward to the next hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can't say I am. But let's get it out of the way. Uh, let's get it out of the way. We'll, have, we'll discuss the match on its, you know, on its own first, uh, we'll, we'll go go through the groups as we always do. Keep your comments coming in, and uh, yeah, we will we will put them up as soon as possible. But Neil, let's start with you. Yes, mate. You're always you're always the the calmest. Um, so let's start with you. Thoughts on that match? <laughs> uh, that wasn't a, that wasn't yeah it was that was just coincidence that wasn't like a. A pre warning. Um, thoughts on that match? Positive was what a finish from Charlie Taylor. Um, and then after that, it just went down all quite fast. The, the thing, it's just another game where, I mean, I was one of the biggest ones, because I know Sam, you said it all season, but I was one of the biggest ones who said, oh, judges against the teams around us. Okay, so we've played the teams around us and we're actually getting worse with each game rather than getting better with each game. Me and you both, um, Sam, I, I was, uh, Neil, sorry, I was saying that as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's just nothing now. No, there's nothing there. Um, we're actually getting worse now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's difficult to think of some positives for that one. Um, Charlie Taylor's goal, um, full time, full time mm -hmm. happened. Um, which, which full time was yeah. yeah, and um, that's it. What's I'm really clutching at straws now. Did, did you have a, yeah. a decent tea? You know, this decent bit of scrap. I went to treat in that night. The day itself, I was the day itself was amazing because I was drunk, as you guys know. Um, yes, but uh, the WhatsApp but, group uh, was a wash with a lot of Neil swearing, which is unusual. I enjoyed I had it. a lot of beer, mate. It was uh, passion. A lot, a lot of what I like to see from Neil. Passion, alcohol. It wasn't passion. <laughs> it was alcohol. Um, yeah, yeah. Liam, we'll come to you next. So I like to keep Sam stewing. I like to keep Sam stewing. And, mm, and then yeah. we pork him with the stick. Your thoughts on that match, please, mate? Um, it's kind of gone how pretty much every game has gone this year when it comes to we have a decent start, first 15 minutes. You can kind of see the game plan that Vincent Company has put out. And then it just all kind of falls apart by the 30th minute and our initial game plan or our belief in said game plan just falls apart in front of our very own eyes. And the rest of the game is just um, hoping and just kind of reaching out for some sort of individual brilliance, which rarely ever comes. Um, when the first goal went in that we conceded, I laughed. And when the second one went in, I fucking died. Um, <laughs> literally, like, the, the it's the story of our season and we are making the same mistakes, as you've said a thousand times, week in, week out. And it's... Um, if you don't laugh, you cry at a stage because, you know, that is where we're at right now. We've got a team of a lot of moments and glimpses of quality. However, to try to put in a, a performance for longer than 15, 20 minutes in this division is just incredibly hard to do. And that is why we are now in the current situation that we're in. Yep, can't disagree with any of that. Sam? Oh, mate. Thoughts on that match, please, mate. And 
Yeah, it's it's you've obviously hit the nail on the head before, like previously, like me and Sam, uh, me and Neil were just saying earlier, like, look, let's not judge us, let's wait until you know we play the likes of Brentford, Bournemouth. We've played Brentford and Bournemouth now, we've conceded five goals, scored one, deservedly not got anything out of either game. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? The thing is, though, mate, like, and this this is the thing that we've had we've been arguing for 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 weeks on end now. Like since since we literally right listen spot on. Um, no, since since that Villa game, since that Villa game, since that Spurs game, we've we've had conversations about where the team's going, and every single person was just sat there giving us the same thing, which is play these play these lesser teams or lesser teams, as people have been saying, and and see what we get from the game. We have now played 10 games in the Premier League and we have one win. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, we do. One win, one draw. And we're going yeah. into games, like Neil said, we look worse. We're playing these teams that we should have been playing better against and we look worse. But the signs were there against Villa. That's why I've not been sat there since the Villa Spurs game. Sat here saying, oh, these games are going to be fantastic because the signs were there in those games. We weren't competitive in those games at all. And... We got shipped five five goals at home to Spurs. Yeah, I know the position that they're in now, the top of the league, but we're, we're still playing. We're still playing average teams now, like Brentford. They weren't in good form. They beat us 3-0. And we've gone to them on Saturday and we had a 10-minute spell at the start of the game and seven minutes at the end of the game where we thought, right, we really need to sort it out here. Everything else in between is just disjointed. It's shambolic. There's no passion in any of the players. There's no idea. The tactics don't even look like they're there. We don't look like we've got a clue. And for other teams, that is so easy to beat because they had an idea. They knew what they wanted to do. Let us have the ball. When they win the ball back, use it, play it round us. And they did brilliantly. They had, we had, did we have more possession in the game? I think we had 55% possession, something like that, 53. Like, what did we do with our possession again? We can keep the ball as much as we want, but if we're not doing anything with it, what is the point? Six shots again, three on target against a team that, is, that was second bottom of the league. Something this is where it comes back to company though, isn't it? This is company not learning because he's sticking with his principles and his way of playing, even though it's not working and he just will not change from it. He's determined to make it work for me and it's not going to. The thing um, is though, like, I, don't, I don't hate the idea of him sticking with the tactics. I don't hate it. But if you're going to do it, play players that played last season. And I know you've, we've yeah. got injuries and stuff like that, but keep more players in. So bring Merrick in goal. Left-back situation yeah. is different. We don't have one. Charlie Taylor's still been one of our most consistent performers and he didn't even take part in that system last season. He played centre-half. Like, mm. Charlie Taylor was the only bright spark of that game and he's been one of the only bright sparks for the games like that we've had recently anyway. And Lyle Foster, they're the only two positives that we currently genuinely have at the club and if that's enough for some people fine sit at home and just look at your shrines of charlie taylor and and lyle foster but i support burnley and right now this is shambolic to add to the bournemouth game as well the fact matter is and company said a lot in this interview after the game but our first shot in that second half that was in an absolute must win oh our absolute must mm. not lose you know we had to really mm. put in performance our first shot in that second half was in the 89th minute in that mm-hmm. J1 goal. That was our yeah, first yeah. shot. Nothing else happened mm-hmm. that entire game. Nothing else happened. And that is 
it, it, that's damning. That that is simply yeah. damning, and it's not like that's mm-hmm. the first time we've seen it. We've seen that either. The fact of the matter is, is that I can't tell you a single game this year that I or other than Forest in the league specifically in the league against Forest is the only game that I can look at and think we put in a semi decent performance. The mm-hmm. rest, I can't give you longer than thirty minutes. You know, mm-hmm. and the, our game plan I think was pretty much out the window in almost every single game, other than mm-hmm. Luton and and Forest. Um, and the rest of them, we just are being outplayed. And for that reason, I it's partly, you know, due to the recruitment, but I just don't think the players simply put are good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the fact of matter for me. I agree with that slightly. I, I do think the players, some of them aren't good enough, but I, I, there's this thing that company loves to do with playing p- players out of position. And I don't know what it mm-hmm. is. It's square pegs round holes. We saw it with... Del Quar at the start of the season and how he would just refuse. I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to recreate the Martson role. Um, didn't think Charlie Taylor could do it. And obviously, he doesn't because he doesn't play in that role now. He plays as like more of a traditional left back. Or we did see him come inside a little bit on um, Saturday, but that's obviously how he conceded one of the goals. Um, but it's, 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 it's this it's, it's this insistence of playing attacking midfielders in defensive mid. Like It's always Josh Brownell or... No, Sander Berg next to Cullen. Cullen's the only one who's naturally good at that. The other one that's naturally good at that, who might be a little bit older, is is Jack Cork. And obviously we've got Masengo as well, who, who could play there. But it's it's just mm-hmm. I would rather see Jack Cork there than Josh Brownell, simply because it's not Josh Brownell's position. And Josh Brownell's now in this position where he gets a lot of stick week in, week out of the fan base. And some of it's deserved, but I don't think some of it is because he's playing out of position again. He's playing in defensive mid. He's not a defensive midfielder. I wouldn't have him in the team sheet personally because I think there's better options in the 10 than Josh. But then it feels like companies just shoving him there for the sake of shoving him there. I need to play Josh because he's one of the older lads and he's one of the to more be fair, mate, lads. Though, um, Dash did that to Brownell as well, though, to be fair. So it's no, not yeah, he did. He did. But Dash's system was more compact, so he never got found mm. out as much, did Brownell. Whereas now it's not. It's now there's these gaps in between the middle and the strikers, and, and Brownell's getting caught out in these positions, and, but that and is, Cullen's looking bad because of it as well. That that is system. that is a tough situation to be in, though. Like if you if you were a manager, right, and you've had Jack Clark, Jack Cork at the club for so many years, and you wanted to try and move away from that type of situation, playing the playing the old guard and things like that. Like we've kept Cork around for experience. I don't think Cork yeah. even expects to be playing right now. I think recruitment wasn't good enough because we've not added depth into positions that we clearly need now. We have a million and one wingers and nobody to fill in these roles where things aren't working. So we've got Sander Burge, who's a number 10. He is. We've all said it. We all see it. He's not a number six. He's a number 10. So why every single time do we persist in playing him in DM? Because then when he gets found out and it isn't working, then everyone instantly scapegoats him and goes, he's not playing this, he's not playing that. He's not playing this role. We are. We have so many winger options and so many attacking options to change the team with. But as soon as we get out running midfield, the defensive is overloaded. We get injuries in defence. Who do you bring in now? Because these are the difficult situations now. If we lose wingers, we've got millions of them. If we lose strikers, yeah. we've got people that can change the position to play up front. We're forced into we're forced into playing Brownell in that defensive midfield role, even though we can't play there because we don't have anybody else. I would like to see Masengo there, but then again, it, it then it goes back to the other argument that we've been having. Players have 150 hours to get used to company's system. Is Masengo used to it? Yeah, he's throwing him in when we're in our worst possible patch. 
going to help his development and help his position in the team. No, mm. that, that, that just seems like damage limitation. I mean, the key fundamental issue is that we are killed off at the at its root. At the back, mm. from a goalkeeper, we cannot... That link between the defence and midfield is non-existent. Mm. It's non-existent. And the fact that we've got Cullen, who is a natural DM, but then everyone <coughs> else is a bit part other than Cork. And at this stage, we need Cork more than ever. He mm. needs support more than ever. Because I can't see any other way that it gets any better. We aren't getting better. We haven't for the last three, four games. And unless something changes dramatically and we it, we get the perfect game, it's the same situation that we end up with just Cullen just being pressed out the game. And then hmm. we could have Lino Messi up top, but we can't get the ball to our attackers. So how can we make an impact in the game? So there's many ways that we can go around that. Do we bring in Cork? Do we bring in Muich, who is a much better he can pass the ball out from the back much better, as we all know. He may not be the absolute best goalkeeper, and I can say that I think Trafford is actually a better shot stopper. But at this stage, the same problem is insane in every single game that we just cannot pass out from the back, and we are stumped mm. and just basically put to, put to one side. So there's a lack of experience in the team as well, though. So when the, when we are in this slump and this really bad form there's nobody in that team who can grip it by the balls and just and get them through it and and tell them what to do we've got an inexperienced keeper inexperienced defense inexperienced midfield yeah and there's no one in there who can just sort of say right we need to do this you go there you go there you mark him you go you make that run there's just nobody on that pitch who's a natural leader or, no. or has got that it's just a lack of experience company spent 100 million quid or I, even, I don't know if he even did. I think Alan Pace just went, oh, we'll have him, we'll have him, we'll have him. I don't even know if all these are company signings. But it should have been, if his budget was 100 million, it should have been spend your 50 million on the on the philosophy of getting these young players in, but at least spend 50 million quid and get some experienced heads in to guide these young players through it. Because all we've done at the minute is sign, is sign a load of kids and thrown them into the toughest league in the world and just gone, mm. learn, learn, off you go, with no support on that pitch. And then there's, of course... I mean, by far, I didn't think I'd get this bad this soon, but of course, a lot of people are now calling for company. Some are saying out, some are yeah. just asking serious questions. I think I saw. I mean, it's fair enough asking questions. Asking questions, yeah. asking yeah. questions yeah. isn't it? But calling for his head now is, I'll say it, I'll say it live. Like, it's just ridiculous. And if you're calling for company's head, got, you're reactionary and you're stupid. It's, it's he's got look enough. At the, look at the bigger picture. He's got I enough credit in the bank that. to last, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a post now. Twenty-eight percent said out of like over a thousand votes on like some Burnley mm-hmm. Twitter accounts. I think it was like twenty percent out and seventy-two percent in, which that's dangerous. That is a quarter. I was going to say it's still a scary figure though, isn't it? I mean, like you know, yeah. we can we can come on this podcast every single week and we can tweet every single week that we're not happy with what we're seeing. That doesn't mean that you want a dramatic change in background staff, and it doesn't mean you want a dramatic change in. In, in company being there you can turn around and say you don't like what's going on but still back company to be the guy to, to sort it out i still back him to be the person to sort it out i still back the majority of the players but right now the dramatic changes need to be either tactically we need to move away from the playing out from the back if he wants to but i don't think he will so then if he doesn't want to change that personnel stick with players that played with you last season like, like i say i'll go back to what big steve said last week like if players get promoted with a team, why is that team not the majority the same? Why are we not adding yeah. 
more quality into the team that helped us get to the position we're in. Why are we now 75% different on the pitch than we were last season and expecting these players to understand everything that's going on and understand the style of play and how to do it? You've got I know we've got injuries, I do get that, but you've got players like Bayer, Benson, Zorori, uh, you've got Cork, who even played a few games last year, Brownhill, like all these players, Goodmanson, all these types of players should fit into the team and should find ways into the team. But yeah, call, calling for his head, that's just... We, mate, we said it last week, though, didn't we? We said that the, the team that came up, it should have been invested. 100 million quid on top of that team that came up should be performing mm-hmm. really, really well, which is why a lot of us were thinking mid-table finish for Burnley. Mm-hmm. What we've got yeah. is we've got 100 million quid for a team that is actually shitter than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, that it's is, naive, that, that's just poor recruitment. Window as well, I think, because we needed a left-back. So why did that take all transfer window? If Madison wasn't coming yeah. at the start, don't put all your eggs in that basket. We're not here for transfer sagas. We need a left-back. Burnley is bigger than one player. So don't go all all gung ho for uh, for Ian Matson. Bring us a left back. Then when we have a left back in the team, nobody then turns around at the start of the season and goes, "Oh, he's playing a centre half there because he didn't trust Charlie Taylor because he didn't play at all last season." Like we needed a DM. What did people see in Sander Berge that said he's a DM? Like because he he building it. But this is what I mean though. He clearly was pitched as a DM because he started there three games in a row, then didn't play well, then went into the 10 and he's looked all right. So who's pitched to, to company and to Alan Pace that this is the DM that we need? Because now we're sat here and we're genuinely having conversations in a Premier League season talking about the return of Jack Cork. Like, I'm not saying that you lads are wrong. I'm really not saying you're wrong because right now that is the best option. But we are actually having a conversation about Jack Cork coming in at DM for Burnley in the Premier League. After spending 100 million quid, exactly. which that, this exactly. is Burnley. We're mm-hmm. Burnley. We've gone through how many years under Sean Dyche? We went through a window where we spent 900 grand on mm-hmm. Dale Stevens and a free signing of Will Norris, and we still stayed up. Mm-hmm. Remarkable, right? We spent a hun- we've spent 100 million, got worse. So this is new to us to really experience, and it's just mm-hmm. incredible. And in terms of company, like, look, you can critique company and not want him out. Like, of course, if, yeah. If, if if your missus makes you a shit cup of tea, you don't want to divorce her, do you? <laughs> Just gonna hold that. Yeah, I do, mate. I do. I, make, I, 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 I hope you're not projecting, Liam. I hope Sonia's not watching. Oh no, no, no. Trust me, I, I make my own teas. I don't let her touch shit for that reason. So <laughs> if she makes if she makes the, the tea too milky, she makes a mistake. You just say, "Oh, it's a bit shit that love," and she's like, "Oh yeah, it is." And then you hope that the next time she makes a cup of tea, she learns. But what if she keeps getting like, it wrong every single week? She keeps making she keeps a cup of tea, you're a shit cup of tea. Then maybe you're gonna think, "Okay, maybe you should no longer make the teas." So why are people upset? People are upset because right now we're losing. Well, we're not just losing games of football, but it's a manner of it. Yeah, it's the fact that it's the fact that, it's the fact that there's, the fact that there's no. Yeah, it's the fact there's no improvement. That's what I think people are upset with. It actually, yeah, I as I say, we're getting worse. There's like, no, there's no sign. There's no sign of it. Like going to a peak. It's like we we just going that way instead of that way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And of course, since the, the first um, post-match conference that company had after City, he said that this will be the worst we will be this year. And yeah. you know, and of course, we haven't. That's that's not happened. Of course, I know mm-hmm. that he didn't mean for us to not get any better, but 
the reality is whatever's happening since, it's not making too much of a difference. But and, see, companies, uh, post-matches are getting on my nerves a bit now as well, because even he's just spouting the same thing. Oh, we know we don't like to see... I feel like this time, I feel like this time, are we, are we just focused on the VAR decision and the referee decision? Yeah. He, he was a man feeling the pressure. Not the pressure from the fans or the pressure from the ball, but probably the pressure from himself. You could tell yeah. he was feeling it a bit. The fact that he just completely ignored how shit we were and just blamed the refs. That No, it wasn't the refs' fault that that, you know, that offside was given offside, right? It shouldn't yeah. have took 55 minutes. It's because we were shit. And you should have said that. But he said that last week. So he probably thought, I've, I can't exactly. follow the lads under the bus again. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, in, in, in the Sky Sports one, in the BBC one, in the Burnley official one as well, each interview was all about the referees and the VR decision and none about the game. Now, of course, I said that, uh, I did a tweet about that. And someone said, oh, you're such an idiot. Oh, you're so dense. Of course, he's just protecting the players. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah course, but, but you can protect the players as well and highlight the fact that, yeah, we weren't good enough today and mm -hmm. then talk about that if you want to. I didn't see a single thing that he said that said that, you know, today was not good enough and then we'll learn from it. And then exactly. can go on to the referees. Now, of course, I know behind the scenes, we all know that companies ripping into them and letting them know the situation. I don't think he's not a dumb person. Like we know that he knows the situation and the gravity of the, where we're at right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a minute. It's it's, it's a, a side thing. It doesn't really matter. But that's why people are a bit concerned about just that's the first time that I've seen him a not as composed as what he's been since he's always been here. He's a man that in every single um, conference, win, lose or draw, he's always balanced. He's always going into the fact that, you know, we will always learn from every single game if we win or if we lose. And that's the first time that it's kind of gone outside of that. And uh, yeah. yeah, people are, are a bit concerned of that. So yeah. that's why it's nothing brought up. I agree. It, it, it's clearly protecting the players, and it's it's obvious that's what he's doing. But you know, you can you can protect the players and then say, yeah, but we weren't good enough. But it didn't, like you said, it was just all about the VAR decision. Um, just quickly, a big thank you to Jaden Sorkin for the nine dollars ninety nine donation. He says, I think Collie Osho has a lot of promise. Also, where are the leaders? That starts with the keeper. Zero leadership and identity for this side. We've kind of mentioned that already, haven't we, boys? Uh, that there's there's no leaders, hence why we're discussing Jack Court to play for Burnley in defensive mid in the Premier League in 2023 after spending £100 million when we shouldn't be. And I think that's clouding a lot of people's judgment on Cork, uh, if I'm honest, because a lot of people don't want us to play him because we shouldn't play him. But I think like we have to now. Him or Masengo, someone's got to come in. Um, but yeah, we've mentioned the keeper briefly. Obviously, Trafford and all Liam, you mentioned him briefly. I'll start with you, Neil. Oh, going around in circles with him, aren't we? Mm. I'm sick of discussing it, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. We kind of have to, because... I have thought of another positive, though. Go on, I'll let, you, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you have a positive, because I've not thought of one myself yeah. yet. And, and it is with Trafford. At least he left his line. That's all. At least he left his line. <laughs> Get out. That's not a positive, mate. Get out. Um, <laughs> That's all. I'm, but, I'm struggling there. I, I don't know how much long... I, for me, I said it last week, if, if company hasn't dropped him now, he isn't going to, because the international break was the time to do it, because there wouldn't be that much focus on it, because he hasn't played a game and then been dropped, he's just not made it back into the yeah. team, he could have he could have come out with anything saying, oh, he's carrying a knock or something like that from internationals, yeah. and and it, and it, it, he would have got away, but now, if he drops him now, it's that spotlight on him saying, oh, he's, he's, he's finally, do you know what I mean, so for me, I don't think he's going to drop him. Um, I think now's, now's another good time to drop him, because we have the cup game. So I have the cup yeah. game, bring Mjoric in, and then just stick with Mjoric. It's it's not like, oh, he's dropped him. It's a, ah, just, it's Mjoric played a second game in a row sort of thing. Whereas if it were a Premier League game on Wednesday and he dropped him, like, oh my God, 
there will be a bit of it, obviously. Um, but Liam, I think, Liam, you mentioned it brilliant earlier. Um, we're getting cut off at the source because the keeper isn't good enough on the ball. Uh, his passing in the first half was 40%. I think overall in the game, it was just, just went over 50%. Yes, Murich hasn't played in the Premier League, so people will say, Murich will be same, Murich will be same. We don't know that until we try him. He, deserve, he deserves, at the very minimum, a chance of playing the Premier League, doesn't Murich? Because he was so good last season. He's been so good in pre-season and so good in the cup competitions as well. There's nothing wrong with Trafford as a shot stopper, although it annoyed me a little bit how he made two very basic saves in the first half and everyone started waxing lyrical about him because there's now another civil war on Twitter, Clarets, where there's you're either Murich or you're Trafford. You can't, you can't just be... Half in between and be like, yeah, try me. You've oh. got to be, you've, you've got to protect him, or, or you've got to criticize. It was one or the other, but he made two saves that you'd expect him to make in the first half, and I was like, brilliant saves. Being, He's playing very, very well. Just there's more to being a keeper than a shot stopper. He, like exactly. you can be a good shot stopper, but it's the absolute basic and that's requirement the for any keeper. And there's more exactly. to being a keeper than a shot stopper. It's a Nick and that's Pope. A problem. That it's that's literally a problem, Nick Pope debate on why didn't play for England. That's the entire debate yeah. with Nick Pope. And look, right. We're playing a, a, a child in the Premier League. That's the reality of it. Yeah. By the way, that not just, of course, that's coming off me. I'm 25 and I look like I'm 13, right? I get that. But Trafford is a decent shot stopper. It could be good, could, could be better than Murich. I get that completely. But what from last year? Think back to last year. Think back of what was our main weakness? Probably our physicality. Probably our set pieces and how, to, how we defend them. Murich, people last year, remember... People didn't like him when it comes to him yeah. coming out and claiming the ball in the air. He couldn't really control his bots, his bots. But Christ, he's a lot better than Trafford. We've got worse in that. <coughs> Every single time that we have a corner against us, I look away. It's terrifying. I think Bournemouth had back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back corners in the first half at one stage because we literally just cannot get the ball. And Trafford, as it's blatantly obvious, as he's a, a child in this level that he's at he's too easily marked out and just kind of just blocked by one attacker so he that's the speak. main person that they that's the main person he that they go either. for yeah and like that, that's it, another thing that annoys me it just you you could hear tom eaton i know i'm going back, back a while but you could hear tom eaton just shouting he used to always shout get out and it used to wind me up at the time whereas now i'm looking at you just never hear trafford i genuinely don't know what he sounds like but like he, he doesn't speak going back to you Lee, it just it just sounds it he, he, he doesn't speak and he and he's he's, he's just he's too weak. I think, like you say, not 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 mentally, but he's, I just think he's, he's not he coming a... for corners. He's not collecting them, and we're, and we're saying like, oh, you need to come off your line more. And when he does, <laughs> he gets loved. Is it a case of is he becoming a bit of a scapegoat? Sure, in some cases I can see it, but the reality is, Murich, we all know because we talked about him the entirety of last year and he freaks people out so much at first, but we all got used to it in the end that he is a key fundamental aspect of how we play. And our main issue is passing out from the back. And what we are doing is not playing the key factor that helped us pass out from the back. And the way that I'm with company, I don't want him to go. Of course not. And even if he go down, I want him to stay. Of course. But for love of God, He's going to lose me on this one thing, that if mm, we go to Everton, Mewich starts, let's say Mewich starts, let's say that we lose, but we lose, you know, somewhat, you know, we won one or two, uh, like penalties or two, one, whatever, right? If Mewich has a decent game and then Trafford goes in on Saturday against Palace, I I'm lost at that stage on that one bit because I just find it naive because Mewich 
has not done anything to warrant being kicked out. For in from in my opinion, we've had three games this year. We've had clean sheets. Guess which games he started in? Every mm-hmm. single one. And granted, Salford's is one of them, but Forest is a decent team. And we also beat Benfica 2-0 when Trafford was being lobbed by the halfway line in preseason and yet again on Saturday. So, you know, at Trafford, I want to almost protect him at this stage because no matter what he does, unless it's a perfect game, he will always get given stick. So, Liam, that's, that's, exactly what, that's exactly what I've been saying for a few weeks now and I took a few hits for it. Is that I think it's cruel to keep playing him at this point because 100%. we have got a, we have got a good him, keeper man. there. Take him out of the firing line, let him develop out of the spotlight, away from all this talk. We, I think, Sam, you said it before, we come on here every week and talk about Trafford. It's not fair on him. It, it should be taken out and la- allowed to develop away from all this because it's going to crush him. Because if we keep playing him like this and he keeps conceding every week and keeps getting it off the fans and then potentially we've got a key player who just completely gets shot and loses confidence and he isn't that that prospect that he that he could be. Yeah, I agree. He's, 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 his biggest, he's his biggest transfer as well, isn't he? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah not in mil. Mil. Not, with add-ons. Yeah, but stuff. it's like, do you know what I mean? It's like, there's a there's a point, there is a point with every single player, regardless who you play for, who you are and whatever goes on. If you, if you don't perform and you've got issues, you don't play. Eden Hazard set the world alight. Went to Real Madrid, got fat. No one played him because you're not you're not fit enough to play for Real Madrid, and your performances mm-hmm. haven't been good enough. Sort yourself yeah. out, of play. It's the same with Trafford now. Like 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 we said, we said it last week. It is getting boring now talking about Trafford because yeah, we're honestly, it, it genuinely is. But people, but people like this thing as well. Like you know the whole thing. Um, like with scapegoating, like I do get that, but like, isn't scapegoating if he's the root of the problem? In some cases, like oh, and oh, I do part of the problem. I guess not. I think what what I mean is like he's a fundamental part of some of the issues that we have now. Like one of the biggest parts still, and I do agree, it does actually kind of. It's not necessarily his fault, but it is a part of it. Our defense is horrendous. Like our defense is so bad from from defending and carrying the ball out and playing the ball out. Every aspect of that defense is terrible. So if I would if I was Trafford, I wouldn't have any confidence either. But when it does get down to him, stopping the ball from going in the net is your fundamental job. 46-odd yards he got lobbed from the other day. Any single person, that, so many people were saying about where we lost the ball from and it's the it's Vitinho's fault for losing the ball. If you think that, go watch a different sport. Because if if you're bothered about fullback losing the ball there and then hit Philip Billing scoring from 46 yards out, against the young 19-year-old goalkeeper, there's something wrong. There really is, because he should not he should not have to deal with the amount of shots that he's coming up against. I agree, because that defence is horrendous right now. We, yeah. are, we are playing into teams' hands. Charlie Taylor decided that he wanted to go walk about the other day, took ball inside, lost the ball, and Semenyo scored. Like, we are not helping Trafford out at all. But then, when it comes to him... Sorry, mate. You've been mobbed from forty-six yards. Like, how do you defend that? Like, you can't even defend yourself if you turn around and if if you turn around yourself and say, oh, "I didn't expect us to lose the ball." React then. You're a Premier League goalkeeper now. It's in League One. You're not playing Gillingham every week. You're playing some of the best players in the world. So if you've just been lobbed from forty-six yards, there is some self-reflection and a, and a conversation from the manager to turn around and say, "Is this now working?" Because we've shipped in goals for fun recently. And that isn't all down to Trafford, but he is part of the problem. So if we want to change that, they're the dramatic changes that we're talking about. 
Well, that brings us on nicer then, Sam, because I have started to make some actual notes. Um, where, what do we do to change this? How, how do we get this <clears throat> to turn around? For me personally, bring in Murich. Mm-hmm. Bring in a defensive mid who can play in defensive mid, not an attacking mid that you're sticking in defensive mid. Get a set team. I know some people, especially a lot of people in the comments last week, were saying, <laughs> how can you have a set team with all these injuries? Fair enough. But know what your best team is. I think it's obvious he doesn't know what his best team is. But you need to drop Trafford for his sake, just as much as the clubs now. Like there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, he must have a he must have a, a, a clause in his contract that means that means he has to play." I don't even if he does break break the contract, it probably doesn't. But break the contract, stick me in the clubs far more impure, important than than Trafford. And then bring Cork in or Masengo. either mm. or. I'm not asked. I know Cullen's out on Saturday now, so that's another issue uh, mm. where we'll probably see. Fucking Burge and Brownhill because company likes to do something different. But Neil, I'll start with you. Um, what what do we do to fix this? In your opinion, get your comments in as well in the chat. What so in my opinion, to well, fix this current situation, I do think Murich comes in. I think he's comfortable with systems, uh, company system, um, and because he's comfortable with the system, he'll be he'll be a little bit more vocal and he'll be able to guide those young defenders through it, which is exactly what they need. I know he's only young himself. He's only like 24, 25 or something himself. But compared to them lads, he's a, he's a veteran. So he'll be able to guide them through it. Um, I would do that. And then company needs to just... <laughs> the style of player that he wants that works last year, we haven't got the players to do that. I think he needs to scrap it. I think he needs to scrap this style of play. Get back to just the basics of football. I know it's like a massive cliche in football manager, but... Back to basics. Just scrap this. Trying to play this the city way. Play to the strength of the players we've got, and just try and just stop this terrible run. We don't have any. We don't have. We can't go long. We can't go long ball. We've not got physical players to do so. Other than Foster can maybe do a job. You know, but other than that, we can't go long ball. We can't, for, you know, the idea of, let's say, we sit back, we you know, we drop deep, try to soak up pressure and hit them on the break. We've got some pacey players, right? Let's try and do that. Our defence is not good enough to defend. Or oh, the ones that we got right now, granted, we are missing some good defenders. Ekdal and Bayer are huge. And we also missed yeah. Roberts due to suspension too. Now, of course, we are missing yeah, our key centre-backs. That's a key part. But we can't... Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we can defend. So, And I don't think we can go mm-hmm. long ball. So it's what absolutely criminal though, isn't it? It's absolutely it's criminal that, that yeah. we spent 110 million quid and we're still saying we're short of players. It's mental. I can't this get is what we've got, and, quid is... and we are still short. Because, <laughs> as we've said, we brought in fifty-five it's... wingers and zero DMs. Well, we brought in it's a DM so... who's on the bench. It just, you've it brought, just defies we've brought in technical logic. footballers. We've brought in technical footballers to play football, but companies like, like we say, and we go back to it because it's it's public knowledge. He said it takes one hundred and fifty training sessions for people to understand the system. But all we've bought is these technical players to fill into the same role. We've bought 15 in each position. So it takes them all a long time to get used to it. And getting used to it doesn't mean on the training pitch. Playing against the same players every single day is fine. Playing actual match game, match day football against different teams week in, week out with different players, that's how you properly get better. And we don't have the time to be swapping and tinkering the team around and changing you know, changing the team week in, week out. I understand the injuries. Injuries happen in football. It is what it is. But the tinkering happens sometimes when we don't need to. Like, Cullio shows a left midfielder. He's been unbelievable on the left-hand side. Why was he not right? Just logic. Exactly. It's just exactly. so logical. 
Like it's like and, we got some stick last week, didn't we, for saying just stick with your team. It's like, oh, there's injuries, there's injuries. But that's a brilliant point. Like somebody plays well in a position, and then the week after, companies play him in a different position. Why? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that, man? Like if, if you're that bothered, yeah. if you're that bothered and everyone like, for example, right? So every single person last week was on Trezor, weren't they? Right? Everybody said Trezor weren't good enough. Yeah. So was he the only player in the Brentford game you'd have taken out that starting eleven? No. So why so why is he the only player that Zereri comes back and we go, right, we have to fit him in the team. So Luca, unfortunately, you're on the other side, mate. But Trezor played the last two games. It's imbalanced. Like, We've got 10 wingers, but eight of them are actually really left wingers. We've only two that are right wingers, which is Gummerson and Benson. But then the best player that That's we've good. had so far on the wing gets shipped to the other side. It's like Cully also has been a bright spark, and everyone says every single week, look how good he's been. Play him at left mid then. Try somebody else on the right hand side, see if it works. If that doesn't work, that's what you change. I think we have. You don't that's the it thing. I think we have gone on the right. Trezor tried it, he was awful. Like, Goodmanson <laughs> tried it, he got subbed off. But of course, like, I don't think like, he's a technical player, but he's not going to take a man on. So it's like. But then we've tried him in the 10 and that didn't work either. So it's the like, window we've all been talking is about just a failure. The window is a complete failure. Like, that's that's the fact of matter. We all, we all know that now. So it, this is the team that we have. Now we're just going to try to find a way to deal with it. And how that works, we've got to just keep trying new things. It, it seems like because you can try and be consistent, but have we got any better since you know we had a bit of improvement after Forest and United? And then thought, okay, we beat Luton, but we didn't deserve to win that game. The first half was you know balanced, but maybe we're just ahead. Second half, we were tragic, just trying to hold on. And if if Lawson didn't say fuck it and just hit it randomly, mm-hmm. which then scored, mm-hmm. we would have drawn a game or really would have lost because we had nothing in the entire second half. Luton, this, this is the thing, right? So we finished however many points ahead of Luton last year, 20 points, whatever. We spent 100 million quid and yet they look more capable of staying up than we do. Mm-hmm. That's it's they so can annoying. Defend. It's... They can stay in games. We can't stay in yep. games. Yeah, we they cannot stay a... in games. That's a fact of the matter. Like... <laughs> many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's frustrating. And to the people saying company out, because that's the thing, we're saying all this, we're complaining and like, you know, we're, we're annoyed, but we, we none of us want company out here, right? None of us think that's nope. a good idea. Because no. if, let's say we sack him, let's say we sack him, what then? Who do we bring in? I've heard people say Graham Potter, you're high. He's, he, the, the, <laughs> amount, the amount of money he was on at Chelsea, Chelsea he'll go, no, he's, he's not going to come available. he's not come to Burnley so who's about yeah, has Brighton, to Brighton at the time the team that he was at before that a bit still are still in a better position and were in a better position than we were in anyway so even on merit he should go to a team similar to Brighton because he got them he basically put them where they are anyway and Deserby's just done a good job like 
this is my this is my issue with it all. We have conversations now, and our conversations are we all have the same goal in mind, which is we want Burnley to play better. So we're not we're not footballing experts by any standards, but we are football fans and we follow Burnley and we want Burnley to be better. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, you don't stay the same because I agree with you, Liam, changing the team does make sense. But when it's necessary, my point with the mm. Trezor thing was in that game, so many players could have been shipped out because so many of them should have hung their heads in shame with how they performed against Brentford. It, we were terrible. So my point is, turning round to Mike Trezor and going, you're the only one that comes out in this game and everybody else just puts up, like, just gets the spot straight back. That's not, that's not working now. We need to look at players playing in, in the correct positions, playing exactly where they've been good because, we've, like I say, we've had Coley Osho on the left-hand side and it's worked. Like, so why does he, why does his brain go to, let's get Zaruri back in the team, which we've all asked for, but in order to get him there, we'll take Coley Osho out and put him on the right-hand side where he's less effective. That doesn't make sense because then if Zaruri doesn't come in and play well on the left-hand side, that's two ineffective players in the game. Then you bring on Odebear. That doesn't change things because you're swapping a 19-year-old for an 18-year-old who play exactly the same. So you bring Redmond on. Oh, does that change anything? Why it have we got Redmond? I cannot wrap my head around this. Why have we got a taste? Redmond? I don't it's that's my cousin you're talking about. <laughs> I know. I know. Can you tell me? Because I don't, I don't know the reason. Why do we play Townsend in almost every single preseason game? Then just to fuck him off anyway. What's the point of that? It just, it, it just, it just irritates the life out of me. And then, like, and then, so all, like I say, all we're trying to do is talk about how we can possibly get better. Because, but right now, like you've said, and I, and I totally appreciate what you're saying, but we don't have time to keep trying different things. That's that's what everybody had said for the first ten games. That's what that ten games was for. Try things, and if it doesn't work by that point. You should know what your best 11 is. You should know who should play where. I still don't think we're there. And that is a huge issue. Because let's say we go five more games and we're still trying and trying things. Everton are already points away from us. Bournemouth, by that point, could be points ahead of us. So that bottom three could be dead set by Christmas. And then we're on a complete war path to try and get points to scrape ourselves into the to staying in this division. And right now, based off of what we've seen, I I cannot see those fortunes changing like that overnight. We have to make dramatic changes, and that starts that does start with company, and also it starts with the players as well because they they have to some of the players that are playing every week they have to sort themselves out as well. They have to look at themselves and say we aren't doing our job properly now. So how do we fix that? Agreed. There's been a lot of. Um people on this channel that constantly come on um, and say, I still think we'll stay up. Um, I had, up until the last two games, now I'm thinking I'm on the fence. I don't, we have to drastically improve to be able to stay up. Whereas a lot of Burnley fans have turned around and gone, that's it, we're done now. Dale, who obviously helps out with the channel, his fan reaction this week was, we're as good as gone in his eyes. Um, Neil, I'll start with you. Are you? I've been. I've been. I still think we'll stay up. For <clears> eight, eight, I've, I've watched this dross. I left Brentford and gone. Nah, we'll get better. We will get better. Of course, we'll get better. This is Burnley. We were so good last season, but then because as we've already got, gone over, companies making the same mistakes every single week. 
we're having players that are coming in and being ineffective. We're having, you know, players that not enough players coming out. There's people that aren't coming in when they should come in. So now I'm on the fence. Now I'm like, actually, we could go down. We could go down. How do you stand on it, Neil? I can't hear you, mate. <laughs> that would be because I was on mute. Uh, I am still on the fence um, because I think there's two things we need to think about. One is, A, is there any budget left? But B, it's if we've still got this team in January without the, the massive holes being filled with good players, not just for the sake of getting someone in who can play at left-back. I'm going to wait until January, but by that point, it could be too late anyway. Because... Um, because, yeah, because the Premier League's harsh. Oh, I don't know. I am on the fence at the minute, and I, th- I think the January window is massive now. But whether we've got any money I agree, but uh, I was going to say, is there any, do we have to sell Corley Orshaw to, to bring some uh, funds yeah. in? Like, it's it, what do we do? Sam, where are you on the, the relegation stay-up thing? Are you adamant we're gone? No, mate. It's still, regardless of, what, of where we are now, there is still... A chance. There's still 28 games left in the season. But I think where I am now is what we've seen isn't good enough. And like we've all said, there's been no steady improvement. Like if when we went to the Villa game and the City game at the start of the season, we said that we'd get better. And we said that that was going to come. That hasn't happened in any game so far. Liam said it perfectly. The only game we've actually had a good performance is Forest. Because Beating Luton was absolute luck. They they literally played us off the park in that second half. We were hanging on for dear life. And like he said, Brun Larson just pulled it out of nowhere. And we managed to get some points. This season now, we're going into games. And we've been having this conversation since the start where, you know, who are we going to beat? We'll give teams spankings. We'll do this. We'll do that. There is no team in this division right now that I genuinely feel confident going into a game based on the performances that I've seen currently that we're going to go out and beat. Because Sheffield United make games hard for people. We don't. We haven't made games hard for people at all. Like, we went to Brentford. We could have been. We could have lost 6-0. Like, we played Chelsea and lost and lost 4-1. We've lost 5-1 at Spurs. Like, I know these are good teams. Like, we lost 1-0 to United. That, that first half, we were unbelievable. The second half, we showed nothing. We have a really, really, really good opportunity now with some of the games that we've got because we've played a lot of the really difficult teams. I still backed that when people said it. I just thought we should have played better in those games, but I still back that. We have teams like Palace, Fulham and, you know, Wolves, teams like that that we still have to play. These are still big games, but now they're bigger games. They're bigger games than they should be. We should be in a position now where we can go to Wolves and if you get something brilliant, if you don't, you kind of say, all right, on to the next one. Every game now up until Christmas feels like a big game because until that, until it all comes back round and the cycle comes back round of all the same teams, once yeah. you've played them all, we could play 18 teams or 19 teams in the division and we could have genuinely won two, three games. So then for the second half of the fixtures, you're only excited for three more games because they're the only teams you actually feel confident against because so far, all the games that we've lost, we've played rubbish in half of the games. We haven't had good performances, so I don't feel confident in any of those games. However, in saying all that, I still genuinely think we still have 28 games left, and it it, it can still it can still change. We can still sort things out. But all I'm saying is, right now, I don't I don't have that positivity cap on like some people do. I apologise, but I don't. You've got an under armour cap on. I do indeed. 
<laughs> I'm very angry. <laughs> Liam. I mean, he said a lot there. I agree with a lot of what, of what Sam just said. Um, look, right, you know, we up till January, we got big games at home. We got Everton at home. We got Sheffield United at home. And midway through January, we got Luton Town at home as well. Like, they're huge. The middle games, like the thing is, the idea of all these decent teams who played, yeah, but they're good teams, so we'll wait for the Bournemouths and that. But like, if, you, if you're going by that book, then you can just write off 80% of the league because that is... Like, Bournemouth, right, we see them on our level, right? But they've spent way over 100 million too. We think that these are all awful teams below us. No. Like, other than Luton and Sheffield United, they, they spent less than us. Bournemouth spent over 100 mil, 200 mil. Same with Forest, same at Everton. So it's like, this is our level now. And we look at the table, we think, okay, we're now already six points away from safety in October. And we've got, Pal- we've got Palace on Saturday. Christ, that is huge. Because my main concern is this, because of how it's kind of gone with the fans in the last couple of weeks. If we lose our home to, to Palace, we lose convincingly. I am, I am, I'm scared about how the atmosphere would be like at full time. I'm concerned yeah, of the booze that will come towards <laughs> the players. And if well, that happens... Last time against Brentford. So, but at home, I think that could be crossing a line that the, you can already kind of put the writing on the wall at that stage when it comes to the fans. Because that is a big moment. So this Palace game, I think, is is so huge. That even if we draw, it'd be like, okay, but if we lose, man, or at least have a bad performance again, yeah, it could be disastrous. I think if we lost, but lost after a battling performance, some fans would be like, fair enough, you know, there's an identity there now, you know, we, we started to see from last season. Yeah. Exactly, but there's nothing me. there at the minute. Yeah. There's nothing there, we no. just look lost. And if we go into this Palace game and get dicked 3-0 and look lost again, then yeah, I agree with Liam, there's going to be a negative atmosphere. Mm-hmm. The meltdown on Twitter is going to be, I'm going to say shambolic then, but I don't mean it in that sense, because I agree with the meltdown. But it's going to be massive. So the well, meltdown at the pitch will, will be massive. Yeah. Sorry, at the stadium will be massive as well. Well, that, that's the thing, though. Like Liam said it again perfectly. Like those those fans will will make it known that they're not happy with it, right? But too right. What have we seen this year? Genuinely, already, right? Ten games in. What have we seen in comparison to last season and even seasons? Seasons of the past, not the season we got relegated last time in the Premier League. Other seasons, what have we seen? Teams that want to play for the badge, that give you everything on the pitch so you can turn around and say, do you know what? Yes, we've lost, but there was something in that game. The style, you know, the hoof balls, the balls up to big strikers and all that type of stuff. No actual football. At least we tried it and it didn't work and we've got beat by... Villa at home, the 10th in league, whatever. Mm. You turn around, you go to West Brom, who aren't playing great, and you bag a 1-0 win. It wasn't pretty, but everybody did the collective job. Right now, our performances are that bad in games. Like I said to you last week, lads, what is every single person in that stadium singing for? You're following Burnley, so you're chanting for Burnley, but those players don't... And and, and that style of football that we're playing now and, and how we've played in those games does not warrant anybody turning around and being like fantastic or can't wait to watch this you aren't performing on the pitch we as fans have every single right when we pay money for tickets to turn around and say what we're watching right now it's not enjoyable it's not fun we're getting spanked every week 
We go into games and we're not confident. We have no pattern of play and we watch 10 minutes of good football. Like, you know, what 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 are we excited about? Like, why are we concerned about losing games of football? Is that it's not just the fact that we are losing, but it's the manner of how you lose. Like, it's a manner of lack of competing. Like, in the league this year, other than Forest, you know, we've not really come close, in my opinion. You know, um, maybe you're at a home, but in the game when that second half was pathetic, like more second halves this year. But And if, if you break it down, is it a lack of effort? I've heard people go to play saying that they're spineless. I personally think that's too far. I personally don't think so. Is it due to a lack of identity? Well, it, we've regressed compared to last year, but you can still see the elements there. Like in the first half against Bournemouth, we saw that, you know, Infantino and Taylor, they kind of come inverted in the midfield to help alongside Cullen. That was the main reason of why we conceded the first goal because Taylor did what Martin did last year. But instead, you know, Adekil played, in my opinion, a suicide pass and he simply just couldn't get the foot, the ball to his <laughs> right foot because he has no right foot. So you can see that the, the elements of what made us great last year were there, but the league is the predominant issue. And we're playing players that don't know each other. Like, is it a lack of an idea? And the players at times, they, they look clueless. But that's because we, we're seeing players together in a, in a team which don't know each other in the hardest league in the world. Against Brentford, two of those players that started were considered starters last year. That was, I'm pretty sure, just Roberts and I think Browno, right? Like the rest were all new players, the players that weren't even main starters last year. It got better against Bournemouth. I think it was only four. It would have been five if Robertson gets suspended. So we're looking at this thinking we've got an inexperienced team because most of them never played at this level or in England. And we've got an inexperienced, an inexperienced manager at this level as well with a young team, the second youngest team in the world, all trying to gel in the hardest league in the world, learning on a job alongside a manager who is also learning on the job. So you put all that together throwing a bit of sparkle that we've got 100 million spent in the meantime. And what we have right now is a slap in the face and a fucking reality check that we've cocked up in a lot of areas that the manager and the board will take their fair share of the blame. But this is the team that we have. I don't think that we can play that well. I don't think we can drop deep and counter hit them. I don't think we can defend. So we're going to keep trying this until eventually it works. I think there's some ideas that I can bring in that can make us a bit better. Let's play Cork. Let's offer some support in midfield because that we can't pass that from back, so we have no chance. How can we shoot if we can't get the ball to our striker? Where was J-Rod? I don't know, somewhere, because the ball's nowhere near him because we can't get the ball up to him in the first place. So offer some support in midfield, help Cullen, start fucking Muish because Jesus Christ, I, I, I'm tired of talking about the same as you guys, mm. and let's try to almost in some way, back to basics, a team that got us in the first place. Simple as that. It is. Spot on. What an ending. Simple as that and he's gone. Look at that. <laughs> um, but I think, I, think what, I think the other thing to add to that as well is we've got all these players who are learning. We've got companies who are at this level and we've also got Alan Pierce who's learning because he's never owned a football club. He's come in and owned us for a year, just over a year, whatever, and he's still learning as well. It's just across the board, it's everybody's new and learning all at the same time, and it's not a good mix for the toughest league in the world. No, absolutely, absolutely. The the, the not, biggest the biggest thing that like like you, like you said, the biggest thing that we have now is like you say, the inexperienced team, the manager that doesn't the, the manager that completely doesn't understand the league clearly. And he has to take a bit of responsibility for some of the substitutions as well that he's making in games. Like 
He brought Sander Berge on in. Why did cut? Oh, why did Cullen get subbed off? Oh, I fucking forgot about that. Oh, that's God. what I mean. It's like all, all, all these substitutions that he's making as well. Like they don't make us better. They don't, they don't ever make us better. None of the substitutions that he brings on is a player that's fundamentally going to change an aspect of the game. It's just throwing somebody else on and seeing if they can make an impact. Like that's what it feels like. <clears throat> and we're going into games now, and we're playing teams like Bournemouth, and Bournemouth are gradually, gradually getting a foothold in the game and were really 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 you know, they were really getting getting on top of us and i and i do think that like like for example Charlie Taylor's goal it, it's a it's a moment it's come from nowhere it's not a you didn't do that and go oh what a brilliant set piece we've been on top of them for ages this is this is clearly you know how it's going to be our game it was one individual moment of brilliance and then after that we showed nothing we hadn't. I, I couldn't tell you a single opportunity that we had after Taylor scored, and then Semenyo scored. Some cutbacks. Yeah. Cutbacks cut that no one really got onto. But it's like then, then for example as well. Like even to move on to that, Foster's ill. I'm doing his up front non-existent. Wasn't even in the first half. Didn't even know he was there. Uh, Gerard came on, and like you said, he's just not there. He's just not part of it. And if he's not part of it because he's not coming deep for the ball, and we're not getting the ball to him, like. Well, it's not that hasn't worked then, and then you get onto the VAR decision, which is all won't go into it too much. But that is we will ridiculous. You know, you know what? I've been waiting, been waiting, been waiting to bring that in, but we've got an image of it here. Uh, if you're watching on the podcast, you will have seen it. Um, sorry, listening on the podcast, you can't watch on a podcast, obviously, can you? Uh, but it took how long did it take, lads? About what six five and a half minutes, I think it was five, five and, minutes and, minutes. and ten seconds or something like that. I remember watching it, this, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was even at the time, I was like, Jesus Christ, I had a tweet ready to say, like, offside, you know, you know, we play on, but I had to delete that tweet to say, How long is this taking? But there's a, a couple of images on screen here, and it took that long that they put up two different images on the screen because, yes, unfortunately, I wasn't there. It's a bit of a Trekkies Bournemouth. Uh, and with a five-year-old boy, I think Brentford's probably the, the, the best I can do, really, uh, with, with Parker at the minute. But they put they put the the, the green line up at first, and I'm thinking, well, it, it looks offside to me, but they've put that green line up, so surely he's on, even though his head was further than the green line. But the thing with the green line, you can't see it so much here, but at the top, I'm using my mouse as, as though you can see the mouse. You can't see the mouse. Uh, but at the, t at the top there, you can see that the line is adjacent to the line of the, 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 the what's it called, the touch line. Whereas on this one, the angle's not great, but you can see the lines are adjacent. So Jesus, I think it was like offside. 10 GCSE mathematics, Christ. No, I feel like I'm about to end Get your goal. triangles out. What's yeah. sink or tan? Come on, boys. But get your protractor out, lads. Um, but oh, I, said this, I said this before we started, didn't well, I? Did. Are, are, are they going to talk about this for a week like they did with Liverpool? Are they going to release the transcript and demand the rest and all that sort of stuff? No, nah, it's just because well, the, right, about, so the, the, the thing, the, right? So the thing, the thing with the VAR decisions, right? So just just to caveat it all, right? So first of all, that does not take away from how horrendous we played, right? We 100%, deserve I agree. nothing from that And game. that's why we I'm annoyed with company for not mentioning, for just literally just talking yeah. about VR in the post. We deserved, we deserved on merit in that game to lose that game because we showed yeah. nothing at all. We didn't deserve anything. However, this is the best league in the world in one of the biggest sports on the planet. 
and you've got VAR decisions that feel like a secret. It's like a secret. Like, oh, we can't tell anybody what we actually think it is. Like, oh, here's the offside. Oh, it's green. Oh, we don't know. We'll tell you in a minute. And I just find that so <laughs> ridiculous. Like, that, that is offside, right? That's offside. Because he's I agree. It's offside. Yeah. Red, that's offside. Okay. Yeah. But two years ago, when Patrick Bamford was offside 19 times in one season, they turned around and said, we're going to give the benefit of the doubt to attackers now because it's getting silly the amount of goals that are getting chalked off. So then, so where's that then? Where, where's that? Because it is offside. I agree it's offside. But where's that? Because that's not giving the benefit of the doubt to the striker because he, he, his head's offside by about that much. So, but then yeah. what I mean is, like I said, it was five and a half minutes. Just tell us. I'm not bothered. Like, I, we we don't deserve to win. So if you turn around and say, "Oh, it's not, it's not a goal because he's offside," I'd be like, "Whatever, fine." I also think it's offside. But why are you making out like it's a, some secret? It's green. It's red. Oh, is it? Oh, we'll tell you in a minute. Like, just decide and tell us. There should be clear ruling of what is and what isn't, and you shouldn't have to leave it open to interpretation from different people giving the different opinions on what they think it is and isn't. It sh- there should be a clear rule and leave it. Same with the handball situation. Like it's a ham, it's a handball. Look at it. Look yeah, at the handball. I hand agree ball. with you. I agree with you. But offside is offside. So I don't understand what all this debate was. Offside's offside. There's no grey area. Well, that, no. But what I mean is, I'm using their own arguments against them. They've said they're yeah. going to give the benefit of the doubt to attackers, but you haven't given the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. Whilst also a Burnley fan in the game, which would have made the game two-two also doesn't think it's onside, it's offside. But then you've got the handball where Chris Meffham's got a, a, a big chunk of Sander Berge's shirt, which based on the Manchester derby the other day, if you're holding on to somebody, it's a penalty, right? Agreed. the ball, they don't even look at it. So what's the point? Like, mm. we don't deserve anything, but then company comes out at the end of the game and goes, oh, but the Forest game, they've come back and apologised for the handball. What good's an apology to us lot? What are we going to do for an apology? I'm not going to frame the letter and stick it in my house. Like, I want three <laughs> points and if we if, and we need points on board. And if VAR's not helping us in certain situations, even in a day where we don't deserve anything, we've had two situations there where we should have had at least we should we should have at least got a draw based on I mean obviously you've still got to score the penalty, but we should have had yeah. a draw based on the VAR decisions that have gone against us. But I also wanted to caveat that with we also don't deserve on merit based on how we played for those VAR yeah. decisions to trump the terrible performance and losing to Bournemouth. Yeah, I agree. DJ says show the handball incident. Unfortunately I caught me because you can't really that's more of a, a video. If I show a video, I'll get done for copyright, so I ain't doing it. Um, but, um, yeah, I agree. It was handball, and it was a penalty, but we did not deserve to get anything from the game, and it was also offside. Um, so, it's, it's yeah, VAR, it's just pointless. It's just I mean, stupid, I'm, it's pointless. That's one positive on, championship. It was case scenario. That's one positive about mm-hmm. it. You know, like if I, I I can understand human mistakes, I, I don't mind. Like you know, we had a few things that went against us, and some <laughs> things went for us last year. But you know, you can understand the mistakes that they're human. That's okay. I can live with that. This year, it's just the inconsistency, which is the main problem. Um, and the thing again, with VAR, it should, it, the, they're using it to ref. It shouldn't. Be, it should just be the ref makes a decision and then uses VR if he genuinely doesn't know. So just leave it to the ref to ref the game. Don't rely on VAR. Mm. It's there. It's there. If he says genuinely didn't see that, what happened? But other than that, it shouldn't be used. Just let the ref ref. 
Um, I'm looking Back forward to Everton, to if that could be something to look forward to. I'm, re- I'm, I'm really not. looking forward to it. <laughs> I am not looking forward to it. I am. I've got, I, I'm going, and I don't know why I'm going. It's one of them games where I bought tickets when I was happy, and now I'm not happy, and I have to drag myself there. You support Burnley, support the club. That's why. You still support us through good times and bad times, but we all still Disagree. collectively agree I'm, that what we're so, is it's one, of the, it's one of those situations where you... Uh, you uh, I alluded to it a lot last season. Sorry, Liam, we'll come back to you in a second. I alluded to it a lot last season. There was like, Because we were so shit the season before, I was going to games and thinking, I can't really be arsed with this, but I've got a season ticket, so fuck it, I'll go. Whereas last season, that feeling kind of went back into it, if that makes sense. It bleeded into the season. I remember when we played Swansea at home last season, we'd started slowly. I remember thinking to myself, I can't really be bothered with this. It was more of a hangover from last season. But then when we got to it, we, we Dick Swansea 4 now. I'm like, why am I bothered? This is amazing. Whereas now I'm back at the other side of it. I'm like, I can't really be arsed with it. I'm buying tickets because in that moment when the tickets come out, I'm like, yes, Burnley. I'm a Burnley fan. I want to go and watch Burnley. I want, I want to take my lad to Burnley games. I want to go to Burnley games with mates, have a few beers. But then when it gets there and it's shite, I, I drove four hours to Brentford, four hours back for, for what? For, for a memory, for that you need a drum to be a better fan. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Liam, <laughs> sorry, we digress. We butted in. You wanted to make a point. No, it's okay. Um, now, just with Everton, I, I think because we can at least probably make some some changes to the team that we would be liking to see. Uh, for example, let's see how Cork plays against a Premier League opposition. That's on our level. Let's see how Murich plays Murich. against a Premier League opposition. Yeah. Let's see Larson. I think Larson has been great this year. You know, we've not spoken really in, in, anything about him. I want to see how he does if he starts at the wing against a Premier League team. I think that he's a player that I would rather have on the right-hand side right now. I want to see these players. Um, I would love to see you know, Cullen and Cork in midfield and see how would that do against Premier League teams. We've got a good chance here to try that out and it's in the cup. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I hope that's the case. Um, but if I go, if I watch that game on Wednesday and I see Vigaru in goal, I will not watch the game. Imagine, imagine. That would be, I, I, honestly, I would genuinely laugh at the shit out of different company if you put Vigaru in instead of Murich. I, I would genuinely like, fair enough, that's funny. I don't, I don't, that is funny. I, at this point, I really don't think I'd laugh. <laughs> I, I, would, I, yeah. I think I would see that lineup and I would slowly close my phone and just fall into bed <laughs> and never get out. I've, but, I've yeah. seen a couple of people there say that um, Murich will play on Wednesday and then get dropped to the weekend and handed transfer a question. I genuinely would be very surprised if he hasn't already handed one in. No, I, I'd oh, be surprised really, really if he's well. not had conversations saying, yeah, he'll have spoke to his agent last season. Look how much better I got last season and look at the positions you needed and you've swapped me, which was a bit unnecessary, for a younger version, or not a version, but a younger kid and left the rest of the team in tatters and you're a bit like, if I were Murich, I'd be like, what is going on? To be fair, if I were Murich as well, I'd be thinking last season I had Bayer, Matson, Howard, Bellis and Roberts in front of me. This season, I wouldn't even want to get him, I wouldn't even want to be behind him. I'd be like, no, nah, mm. I'm all right, actually. Put James back in. Leave it. I'm fine. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just, it's annoying, though, isn't it? Like, Because we have got so many issues. I do Howard Bellis was mint at the weekend, by the way. He was, Who was that? class yeah. at the weekend. Howard Bellis. We, um, he was class yeah, at the weekend. Oh, God, don't remind me. You, 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 you're going to tell me that Taylor scored. He, that, he was class as well for Leverkusen. He was brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
we missed out on a couple of lads there. A couple of I'll start wrapping it up because it's 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 ten past. Sam needs to leave at quarter past. But there's something that we haven't spoke about yet. Some of oh, you might on. not be aware of it because you, you came on the live pretty much straight away. Sam was here 15 minutes before, and I remember I, I come in to check the fucking live, and <laughs> Sam would just sat there chilling. Um, but Burnley, I've I've tweeted something and said new edition. Uh, I can't even read. New initiatives announced to improve match day experience and entertainment following feedback from the fan advisory board and supporters. So basically everyone whinging on Twitter. Uh, the club are pleased to announce new measures aimed at helping improve the entertainment value and match day experience at Turf Moor. In drum, other words, drum, the drum, atmosphere. Drum, 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 Thankfully, drum, there's drum. no mention of the word drum. And the best player. We will be introducing safe standing air. We knew that already, so that's fine. Uh, newly impro- improved music playlists. Like, that's subjective anyway like some people might be like I- i'd be buzzing if oasis came on but i'm sure liam and sam would be like get this shit off neil would probably love it to be fair um sorry i don't i just i, I will block you, you right now i you've lost the dressing room you've lost the dressing room i don't you two are under the age of 30 there's no way. That's horrendous from you, is that? I oh, apologize. I, I just, I just saw this two young the lads and cast. thought they, they'd rather want, they'd rather want Drake. Um, but that's oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Drake and your, and your uh, noise. Oh, he's sat there yeah. in, his, in his little house. Oh, you millennial, bloody bump. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the club are the club are pleased to announce new measures. Well, I've mentioned that. Uh, additional use of stadium LED and the big screens. That, that fair enough. But they use that quite a lot. And new measures will be announced, allowing flags and banners where appropriate inside the stadium. So we're going to see like a FIFA stadium with all these flags. Uh, the initiatives will be placed ahead of our whole game against Palace on Saturday, 4th November. And we plan to have safe standing areas implemented in the stadium by the end of this season. But that, that's what I mean. That was already there. Nothing's changed. We are currently working to get the relevant authorities going to blah, blah, blah. Your thoughts on that, please, lads? Can a flag sort our defence out? No. <laughs> yes, that should Can be the priority, like... Burnley. Can it play Russell, like... if you're yeah. watching, I know Russell's obviously the only one from the club that actually knows we exist or, or at least acknowledges that we exist. Uh, if you're watching, the defence is the important thing, mate. Anyway, no, the Liam... safe standing is fantastic. That's the main mm-hmm. thing from that. Um, you know, uh, as long as it's... As long as the fans are like the, the ones that's behind it, like you know, the, the club can allow it and you approve of it. But you know, this has to be a fan led thing. Like the 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 flags and the banners that has to be put. Yeah, the club can't dictate. Yeah, 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 club can't dictate. It's like a drum. It's like yeah. I don't mind a drum. I don't actually. I I, I kind of like it if it's done right by the fans. You and, know, and, if it's done by the club, it just feels kind of corporate. I I personally really 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 hate the drum. I don't mind it. Like for me, the best home atmosphere I've seen and I've seen in the Premier League in my time going to games is Huddersfield. And they had a drum, they had a great you know um, what? Home and to the right hand side. It's fantastic. If done I right, don't hate the, the idea of a drum. However, however, there is no point bringing it in at Burnley after the backlash it has received. If 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 a drum is done right, a drum can be done well. If you'd have brought do, it in, do I think do I think really Burnley right. will do it right? No. Do I think the fans will receive it in a good manner? No. So there's no point. And we knew but that anyway. It's how it's how they've pitched it. It's how they've No, I agree. It. I agree. Like, and and we knew already. We knew already Burnley fans wouldn't like it. Saying mm-hmm. That 
we have like the fans have been a bit deflated this year and it's not been the same as last season. And then the pitch to season to get holders, do you want a drum? Hey-o. No, no, I don't. Like right. that, that it sounds that, like a it sounds like a scene from the office. It's like ridiculous. Oh, this, it this drum just get the atmosphere going a bit. Well, pick up your mood. Such a Michael Scott thing to do. That easiest thing, easiest so solution. I'm happy that this has made it into Turfcast. Easiest <laughs> solution for me is is put away fans. Uh, upper tier of the Jimmy Mac, make cricket field all home fans, and that's where the noise can that's come from. That's where I sit, Neil. I ain't moving. You will move. Hey, get him out. Give you... Get him out. <laughs> Question Has there ever been you a part what? of history where the away fans were never in the cricket field end? Yes, I was just going to yes. say, do you not remember when they were in the Jimmy Mac lower tier? Stoke City, they drew 1-1, scored a late equaliser. And I remember, because I've always been sat in the gym, I say always, ever since the new stands have been built. Uh, before that, I was in the long side, because I'm old. Um, but I remember I was sat in the Jimmy Mac, and the Stoke fans were in the bottom, and they were singing, why, why, why do you lie? I remember walking downstairs, seeing them all, they're all doing that, looking at me. And I went like that, just flicked at these. And about 400 Stoke fans were like, and it were class. Um, but yes, I do remember when, when they were in there. And they used to be in the long side as well, back in the day. That that is a proper oasis thing to do, isn't it? Leave and Sam won't yeah. get it. Yeah. Well, too young. Um, but I think is there anything else you want to quickly chat about, lads? I know Sam's itching to go. So Sam will say no, but Neil, Liam, anything else you want to quickly chat about? I, I guess the way to end it off for me is just I get it, people are emotional, people are really angry right now at the current situation, but the way that I see it, we need to back company mm-hmm. because yeah, for me, the alternative is much, much, much more concerning. If we if we lose company, more sort of players, people say, oh, but he's brought these other players in. What, the same players last year that you also loved as well? Like, are yeah. they also mm-hmm. going to go as well? They're, they're company's players too. So it's like, I get it, people are angry, but in reality, let's say company goes, who's coming in? Because it's not Potter, I'm telling you that. So Steve Bruce, Hassan Hootel, um, that's got some, some kind of experience. I, I, you know, I just for me going going back to square one is a complete no go. That is terrifying for me, and would be even worse going through the entirety of last year mm-hmm. and looking at it, think it's all gone for nothing. If we go down, mm-hmm. okay. I don't at this stage. I, I, I'm I'm open to the fact that that's a possibility. And I love the championship anyway. So if it yeah, goes down, okay, learn from my mistakes. We see Collier showing the boys ball out in championship again. We piss the league and we do the double on Blackburn again. And then we go up again for the third time in a row. For me, I don't care at this stage. I will back the boys. I'll back company. Mm-hmm. They've made mistakes and let's hope that they learn from it. Because restarting over again for me is, is, a, is, is, a, is completely going to be just chaos. So that's the way I want to end it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The other way it could go is toxic, isn't it? Like that's the yeah. only other way it could go. Like if if people like like what we're what we're talking about is how do we improve it now so that we don't go the rest of the season losing every single game. Like I agree. Like you still have to stay positive. So you back the players, you back the manager, and you you follow Burnley. That's fundamentally what we're all doing. But the only other way it goes is a complete disconnect and I don't think it'll get that far which is why you know like like it says there 
this is still a project and we clearly have young players in there with an inexperienced manager, back the manager, back the players and good times will come back. It's just right now, it is extremely frustrating. But Is the, is the idea of going down the championship a terrifying thought? I don't... I, I'm, I'm, I'd be I looking forward to it almost. I thought it was last time and I was genuinely gutted after that Newcastle match. But last season was my favourite ever season following Burnley. 100% mm-hmm. easily. There's only 2009, really, that comes close in my eyes. The only worry I have is the amount of money that we've spent. Like, have have we invested, like, with the thought process of, like, we're investing to be in the championship, uh, to be in the Premier League next season? And if that doesn't work, like, do we have the financial capability to, in a way, replicate what we did last year? Do we have enough money to bring in the players that are necessary and keep sticking with the project season upon season? Because eventually... You know that you know you don't have money coming down from the Premier League, and if you end up in a situation like Stoke and like other teams have done, where if it doesn't work out and you do end up losing that Premier League money and you stagnate in the Championship, that's a long road back. Like you could argue though that we've actually got the players for that already. Though to be fair, mate, we, these these players yeah. will probably be fine. It's a lot of them will still be there. Yeah, a lot of them will still be there, but there's a lot of resellable assets. So I am not that worried in terms of financial. Yeah. I think we can we will sell a lot of people. It's just like we did last time. They got it right last time. I've got no reasons why they won't get it right again. Yeah, like Trezor, like if we do go down, he won't stay because... Oh, yeah, 100%. He's oh, gone. No. I, I, I'm surprised if he's still here next year if he's in Prem anyway. He only stays as part of his loan, I believe, if we stay up. Yeah, if we go down and he, he he's not he's not staying with us, that twenty million will be activated, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. So like you know, so technically it's not hundred mil, it's eighty mil, still a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that's the thing to kind of end it off. We can go in about how it's been poor this year, but end of the day, yeah. our allegiances are, are still to the club and to the manager right now. Mm-hmm. The only way I can see well that you get sat this year is if we are losing game after game, 5-0, 4-0, similar to how Bielsa got sat by Leeds. That's yeah. the only way. Um, the only little tiny smidgen of like uh, concern is the fact that this is pace that also sacked Dash when mm-hmm. we all thought that, that was completely criminal. Everyone thought there's no way you sack him. None of us ever, no matter how bad it got with Dash, we all thought even if you go down, it'll get us back up again. That was our mentality, and that's probably some of ours with company right now. But because mm. he sacked Daesh, I think there's there's a chance with company if it gets as bad as potentially what Leeds had with Bielsa that got yeah. him. Sacked. I think so, the difference with him though was like we had 30 games with Daesh and like 12 points at the time. Like that. Then I'm I, points, was it? <laughs> I, think, I don't think it was 12 points, but like I think it got to the point where it was like we played 30 games and there was absolutely zero improvement. And there was oh, yeah, no it, way, it was bad. It was bad. There was yeah. no way that Daesh could take that team any further. Like we were going down, and I think Pace didn't want to go down with Daesh. I think that was yeah. The issue. And I think another interesting point in that is that company is Pace's man. Daesh never was, mm-hmm. and it's pretty yeah. obvious how much company you can tell. How much pace loves company with the stuff he always comes out? The analogy of you know you're the ugliest person in town and you're going out with the fittest girl in town, which I don't yeah. mind, but he uses a lot. Mm. I mean, so. don't forget five years in the summer he signed a five year deal added mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were all terrified of him going to Spurs. We were all terrified of him going to Belgium. Terrified of him going to all these other teams. We kept company for five years, and now we're seen as the <laughs> best decision at the club. If we sack him, what? 
what does that give to not just us as a football club and our board, but to the players? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's a no go. It's a no go, no matter what. Like unless if we literally are breaking Dobby's record, like then yeah. uh, maybe at least then there's mm-hmm. some like Jesus Christ. But other than that, I mean, whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. Yeah, I agree. We are going to wrap it up there. Um, Neil's itching to go. Sam's itching to go. Um, so thank I'm you not, for watching. Thank five you. hours, but I, I'll let yeah, you guys... me and Liam are just going to chat. No, I'm joking. I, I've got, I've got, I'm starting work at eight. Um, but no, thank you everybody for watching. Thank you everybody for listening. If you have joined it late, I know a lot of people have judged by the comments, and you want to see some of the debate from earlier on, then don't worry. As soon as I end this live, it becomes a standalone video on YouTube. You can watch it as and when, and I will be uploading the podcast later tonight just like I always do in the usual place. But, lads, thank you for coming on. Neil, a pleasure. Sam, a pleasure, as always, from you two. And Liam, thank you for coming on the show. It's always good to have Burnley YouTube royalty on the show. Uh, But, lads, thank you, and we will see you all next time. Goodbye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.